I'm coming over here with a different mindset now. My return to the States is on a completely different level. I have no excuses. All that I can bring to the table is execution. It's so powerful. And, you know, I, I really encourage everyone to go back home, West Africa, East Africa, wherever that may be, go to Africa just in general to see the style of living of our people. First Person is a podcast about life-changing travel experiences where Ray and I conduct interviews about trips that change people's lives. I'm Maula. We started this podcast because we've personally had trips that changed our lives and wanted to share these stories with you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to First Person. I'm Ray. And I'm Nino. And on today's show, we have the pleasure of speaking to Kofi Jenfi, uh, dear cousin, brother, um, so welcome to the show, Kof. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Glad so, to be here. Glad you're here. So do you mind just giving a quick intro about yourself, giving our audience some background info and letting us know what you're going to talk about? Yeah, for sure. So I guess I'll start out within, you know, what it is I do day to day. But before we actually get into my day to day, um, I studied mechanical engineering, went to Rutgers University. Um, I am a poet, motivational speaker uh, by nature, and I'm here to really inspire and motivate the world. Um, Currently, I'm working within management consulting for one of the uh, top IT slash MC consulting companies in the world. And... I am a businessman. So as it relates to your life-changing experiences, uh, what journey will you be speaking about? So I'll definitely be talking about my voyage to Ghana for the first time and as well as subsequent uh, times as well. The first time I went to Ghana, it was really an eye-opener. It was in 2014 uh, when I was the age of 24. And it was the first time that I had the opportunity to connect not only with my people, but with the land. And it was so powerful because being around people that look like you, um, that think like you, that are progressive in thought and manner, is extremely inspiring on several levels. There was this, I have several stories, but there was this, you know, time that my father and I, we took a trip to Kumasi, and which is the Asante region. And when we when we reached there, I saw that my grandfather's, um, and I have three of them, right, uh, on my father's side. Their names were, you know, just on uh, billboards. Their names were in hotels and their names were on the street signs. And seeing this, you know, coming from, you know, the States, it's extremely empowering for a man like me because I've always felt as though I was a king, you know, just, just 
what have I, I've instilled in myself and what my family has instilled in me. But to go somewhere and to see your name on street signs, the same exact name that I have, Kofi Benjamin Jeffy the second, which is you know, my father's direct uncle, uncle. But if you know anything about, you know, the African culture, if somebody raises you, you don't call them your your uncle, you more so call them your your father. So my father has three fathers, right? <clears throat> and to see that his direct father, you know, his name was in, you know, the the hotels on billboards, it, it tells you the impact, the legacy that they have left and marking that they've made on a region, but that region extends farther than its boundaries. It hits across borders. They, they between the three of them, the three of my father's fathers, they have a hundred children. So they connect all throughout the diaspora, meaning that <clears throat> they're in Germany, they're in the UK, they're in the United States, and obviously they are in West Africa. To know that you are connected so deeply with a rich culture, it allows me and infuses me with an immense sense of pride. So when I'm coming back to the States and I say, you know, notions that may be outlandish to some surrounded around, you know, I am after immortality and people raise their eyebrows and look at me kind of silly, like, oh, what is this guy talking about? I'm after immortality, just like my grandfathers were after immortality. I want to be able to leave a legacy where my son's son, my you know, daughter, my daughter's daughter can see their name and lights and feel that same sense of pride that I was left with um, walking the streets of Kamasi. It's just an incredible feeling. And it's nothing that, you know, American culture or Western culture may depict. There are marble floors, there are gold ceilings, there are you know, people that are not predicated on just currency, monetary value that they can bring to your life. When you go to Ghana, all you see is on the walls, on on the back of taxis, in the schools, um, notions that that remind you that God is there. We are God's people. And you can just tell that within the culture, it's a, it's a strong sense of family. And family is everything at the end of the day. Yeah, it sounds it sounds really amazing. Um, being connected to uh, your your history, your family history, and seeing it up on, like you said, the hotels and street signs. Um, during this this trip, this tour with your father, um, was the purpose to show you these things, or 
were you guys like heading somewhere or going to do something in particular that was different? So it was my grandmother's 87th birthday. Mm-hmm. Or at the time, it was the 85th birthday. She just turned 87 this year. Um, but no, he he just, uh, we just went out there so I could see the land, um, so I could see, you know, his people, so I could pay my respects to my grandmother. We tossed her a party. But what happened in, by, as a byproduct was, me seeing how he was raised around his brothers and the camaraderie that he has with them. It's, it really goes to show me at least that life is cyclical, meaning that I am my father's son and I am my grandfather, right? I do believe in energy being passed down from one soul to the next, one vessel to the next. And, um, even though I never had the opportunity to meet him, I still felt his presence. I felt his energy. And that, that's what I mean by saying, you know, the visit there was a mere byproduct of the purpose behind why I was there. Um, his soul, you know, is just easily translatable. Once you build up enough um, energy into people that, it, it transcends time. I think there's a reason why I carry my grandfather's name because I am carrying my grandfather's energy. Just as, you know, my son and my son's son will do the same in, in, in my regard. Um, one of the things that I've noticed throughout time is what you build, right, in the short amount of time that you are in the Earth's existence, if you will, um, in, the, in the physical realm, um, has the opportunity to outlast you, right? So one of the one of my sayings is I'm always I'm always build, busy building museums to to be buried in, and, and I, that might may seem um, negative in its connotation, but it's very positive within its purpose. I'm busy building museums. I'm busy building, you know, creating value, creating artwork um, that will outlast me. So when I'm no longer in the physical realm, I'm still felt like Kofi Beja being the first, or Kofi Beja being the second or the third, um, which happened to be my grandfather's. But if I may, there, there was another um, story that um, that really stuck with me that was along the same lines. It's, it's, it's really a motif, a reoccurring theme that um, uh, transpired throughout my trip in Ghana. It was, there was this uh, merchant. I went to the market and he was selling all types of, you know, beads, clothing, and um, during, during, you know, my interaction with him, he was saying that, you know, we are the root. We are the root. And that's, that's, that was his, like, 
main message. Like, this is where we come from. You know, this is where everything has um, began. This is the alpha. Everything that you see in the entire world started here. And you need to take pride in that. And building a strong foundation when he says we are the root allows your fruits to to manifest in a way where you may not deem possible if your if your root if your foundation isn't strong enough and I'm saying all of this because I had the 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 liking to gain wisdom gain gain knowledge from the land and also the people they they, they just they're, they're sages everyone everybody is a everybody is a sage in a sense where everybody has a story to tell and all those stories are extremely profound and if you listen you'll understand the message behind what they're saying if you listen if 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 I if my eyes and my ears weren't open when that merchant was saying we are the root, we are the first, we are the alpha, all that you know from this world comes from here. I would have never you know be in a position to have so much pride in in that land, and I was in Accra at the time when I was speaking with him, and after that. Um, after I bought, I brought, I bought these, you know, these big beads. He blessed them for me. the The blessing was in remembering that these, the big beads, are the root. Remembering that you are a king, and even though the beads are extremely heavy, and they may give you you back pain at the, at, at, you know, points in time, you have a legacy to continue to uplift. No matter how heavy it is, you do not, you know, pray for a lighter load. You pray for, you know, a stronger base. And after, after we had that sit down and um, he blessed those bees for me, we went outside and everybody was, you know, playing instruments. And it was, it was literally the, it was literally the kumbaya moment, right? It was... They, they they were banging on the drums. They were playing the jamboree. I don't know the name of the, the, the instrument, man. They had they had them all. They were shaking them, the moccasins, whatever it is, man, with the beads. And we were we were out there just dancing, man. We were out there just moving with the rhythm, moving with the wave, celebrating life, man. On a nice on a nice clay road. Nothing extravagant, but the, the the richness is within the culture, man. And I don't think people see that enough on the Western side of the world. Wow, that sounds like a really um, inspiring moment. Sure, man. I mean, you brought me there. You brought me there by not <laughs> knowing the names of the instruments. <laughs> So you talk about this, uh, this feeling that you carried with you uh, of being a king and how it was instilled in you. How, how did you view that before the trip? And I'm just curious to see 
what the change was after the trip, the messages that you're receiving from your family? Prior to the trip, I, I would say that being a king to me was more so in what I could do and achieve as a man, be man. And that that was more exclusive to who I was as a person. Post the trip, I understood that being a king meant what you could do for your people, right? What you can contribute to make their lives better in a sense. Um, I realized that the goal, the, the true fortune is what you could do for, for others. Meaning that if my little brother succeeds because of something that you know, I did for him or a connection that I built for him, it, it instills in me a sense of pride because once he's stronger, I'm stronger. Whereas the vain man wants to do it all for self, but you can never be as strong as you, as you potentially can be unless you build up your circle to be just as strong. If I can't change their lives, right, for the better, then I'm always going to be in a position where I'm trying, they're, they're reaching out to me and I'm throwing them fish and I'm always going to have to throw them fish. Now, I present it in such a way where I'm showing you how to fish. Now that you have these keys, you're going to show other people how to fish. And it all rolls back into, you know, the, the point man that, you know, gave them life. I'm always trying to build other people up because other people give you the opportunity to become a better version of yourself, for instance, right? If I'm if I'm showing somebody how to be, you know, a better a better businessman and they become extremely successful, well, they're gonna continue to do business with me. And they're going to continue to bring in new business on their own. But guess what? Once they you know need a, a partner to um, handle that uh, new business, who who are they gonna pull in? It's me, right? When you build up something, when you build up, you know, kingdoms, you align it to those that you love so you can create a larger manifestation of what your true vision is. I, I don't have enough time on this universe to, to build out my vision as grandiose as, as it seems in my dreams. I need the help of others. But in order to get the help of others, I need to help them first. Help first. You give and, and you get, right? You get as much as you give. Essentially, giving and receiving are the same. Um, at least uh, that's how I see it, and that's what I hear. So before we went down this road, um, I know you were in the midst of sharing more about your travel and... Um, more stories about how they changed your point of view. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I guess the next story that I would 
want to drill into is the conversations that I had with my grandmother. They were just so powerful because of her insight, her wisdom, and being able to pull from her 85, now 87 years of experience on this earth. She was able to shift my mind completely within within how she spoke about you know her husband. I said, Grandma, can you tell me some things about Grandpa, right? And, and she said, yeah, she didn't even say much, but what she said was extremely profound to me. Uh, we were sitting on her um, on her porch at her home in Kumasi, and she 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 basically stated to me, he was an honorable man, and those words, he was an honorable man, made me think about what my legacy will be once I'm gone. What, what feelings, what emotions, what words will you leave people with when it's your time to transcend into the next form? What would they say about you? And that's 85 years, right? At that point in time. And in my 27th year, which is an extremely special year to me, um, it, it it resonated with me profoundly. And I'll, I'll let that story transition into the next story. And, oh, man, I, I, I should have said this earlier, right? My father has built, with the help of my mother, jointly, uh, a commercial property, a four-story commercial property um, in Accra, in, in the heart of Accra, um, prime real estate, right? Built built up their own home as well. This is a, you know, my mother is a woman that, you know, she was a clerk in uh, a hospital in New York. My father was a maintenance man in uh, the Waldorf Astoria in New York. And people that are hustlers here who you, who, who you may think have menial jobs in the States. They're strong, they're powerful, they're kings, they're queens back home. When I saw that four-story building, when I saw that home, when I saw that land that they own in Ghana, in Accra more specifically, my eyes lit up. First two stories are completely rented out with you know, stores, pharmacies, um, uh, after-school children programs. Next two floors are apartments. His home is magnificent. Had an architect come to my home while I was there and in Ghana and assess the land that stood between, you know, his home, uh, my family, my mother and my father's home and their commercial property because the next venture that they're going to build up is a hotel right there, right? And the architect comes in and he's, he assesses 
you know, the land and he, he gives it an evaluation and, and wow, those numbers are, you know, beyond baffling, right? But what I'm what I'm concerned with is what they're doing with what they had. Being my mother being from uh Volta region, um coming from the village and, and my father coming from Kumasi, right? Moving to the States around the same age that I am now, even younger, right? Around when they was 23, 24, laying it all out on the line as, you know, immigrants of this country and, and, and of this country, meaning the United States and, you know, staying down for 30 years in quote unquote menial jobs and being able to build up their own kingdom back home, right? So what that says to me is anything is possible. And I asked my father one time, you know, and I'm, I'm still speaking on, along the lines of me just being um, astounded by the, the architecture, the, the, the styles of the homes, how beautiful they are, I told you before, you know, uh, you know, Coliseum doors, um, marble floors, gold ceilings. Where, uh, where I was stepping into, and my my uncle, my you know father's direct brother. We walked into his home in Kumasi, and I'm like, wow, glass everywhere. <laughs> Everything is glass, man. Everything is glass. Like they, you, you, you can't walk. Somebody got to walk right behind you with some Windex just to keep it clean. And I, and I, I, I was in the Hold car on. with him. I was in the car with my father. I said, "Wow, like how how y'all do that? Like how'd y'all how'd y'all get these kingdoms?" And, and he he said very facetiously, he was like. Oh, my father, my father left this, you know, fortune behind. I'm like, oh, all right, that's how y'all got it. Okay. I said, you crazy? He said, wobble dumb. <laughs> Are you crazy? I'm kidding, man. We built it up on our own. Everybody had to build it up on their own. Wow. So powerful, man. So powerful. Like, straight said it like that. Ain't nobody going to give it to you. You got to get it on your own. Everybody has built up what you see before you. Now that I have way more tools than they did, I have tools. They built it up with their bare palm. I'm coming over here with a different mindset now. My return to the States is on a completely different level. I have no excuses all that I can bring to the table is execution. It's so powerful. And, you know, I I really encourage everyone to go back home, West Africa, East Africa, wherever that may be, go to Africa just in general to see the style of living of our people. That will leave you with so much power that you will... You will you will reach Super Saiyan by the time you hop off that plane. <laughs> Goku level ten. Word. So the the experiences of being in the land of seeing 
just people creating value and giving back and just the erudition of your family. That it sounds like that's just really instilled this passion in you to create, to be just to live a full life, yeah. I'll call it. Yeah. And I, I was always creating, man. I was always creating. But it's like, how can I say this? It's creating, it's creating as if you were in your own room your entire life. And yes, you can create magnificent paintings and you could create, you know, terrific sculptures. But when you step outside of your room, step outside of your door and you see people that look like you, that think like you, that come from where you come from and they're creating sculptures, paintings that are 10 times as bigger with no tools at all, with paint that they made themselves, you know, with cement and clay that they mix themselves. It gives you a whole sense of urgency. I need to be doing more, right? It's like, how, how are you able to do so much with seemingly so little? And I think we take, and I'm speaking on behalf of, you know, the Western culture again, I think we take advantage of the things that are around us, right? People are, you know, dying for the opportunities that we do not even care about to, to pick up. There's no more of that for me, at least. You know, I'm taking advantage of everything that's around me and I will continue to do so until, you know, not only me, but my family, the people that I love can reach immortality. Yeah, it sounds like your experience in in Ghana showed you or just widened and expanded your view on what can be achieved, right? Um, from little and creating something that's magnificent, full of majesty, right? And it sounds like um, your your ancestors, your father, your mom, they did it with having very little, but you um, you have much more than than they do, like the tools that you mentioned, which leads you to think that you should be able to build an empire that is far greater than theirs. And, and leave that behind as, as they did. Is that, is that an accurate oh, summation of, of what you've absolutely. been saying? And I think you're right on the money with that because isn't it every generation's job to do you know better than the generation that preceded it? Um, and, and one of the things yeah. is like, you want to talk about cloth talk. Shout out DJ Khaled. If you want to talk about cloth talk, <laughs> if you really want to talk about cloth talk, our parents, our ancestors are cut from a completely different kente. Not only are they strong, not only are they tough, but they are beautiful. Right? Now, when I'm when I'm putting on, 
you know, an African symbol. And when I'm putting on an African garment, I have a completely different sense of pride because I am carrying the legacy of my forefathers. I am them just as they are me. So, you know, putting on the kaftan, putting on the kente has a completely different, different, different meaning at this point in time. There's that connection again, that, um, like that trip has provided insights into, I guess, a legacy in the world that now just being affiliated with it, having an affinity to it, you feel as though you should be better. You should, there's a certain way of being that comes with it. And I, I definitely, I, I like your definition of um, empire, if I may, building other people up so that they can build each other up. And it's, it's something that is inspiring. So now that you have this sense of urgency, and I say now, but I, I, I mean back when you returned, how did that affect your, your plans, the things you wanted to do, or what new things did you think of? So I, I never really considered myself a, a true planner. But before I actually, you know, touched that trip, I started to become one. And... Now my level of planning has just, you know, reached a different level. I I create gaunt charts. I create, you know, um, organizational tree structures to see where I'm going to lead. Everything has, you know, every move has to influence the next and vice versa. Um, I, I, planning in itself has just reached an all-time high. Because I now know what's at stake. Whereas before I was creating in the dark, now I'm creating in the light. And I understand what it means to have less and do more. And not, not that I'm saying at all by any means that I, do I have more things like uh, materialistically, am I, you know, well set or have I been well set as a you know, child, what I am saying is this, the, the, the culture, the love, the ability to create has been infused in me um, deeply my entire life. So I need to start using, you know, those attributes to its potential. And the plan in itself is, you know, the plans, here, here's how the plans have um, morphed over time. Uh, I, I told you earlier that before planning was just a, or, or becoming a king was just for me. Now I start planning for other people and I have so many plans uh, for Ghana, for those, for the, for the people of Ghana, because I want to build them up. I want to give them an opportunity to take what they have to an entirely different stratosphere. Um, is there is there anything else you'd like to mention about your trip to uh, to Ghana, to Accra, 
or or, or um, anything else that you want to, you know, that you haven't mentioned that you want to disclose? Yeah, I'm, I, I definitely think Ghana for me has been extremely inspiring in the sense where I did not, I had no expectations really, right, walking into there, but I had the opportunity, like just in a 24 hour time period of, let me, let me, you know, take a step back first. As soon as I touched that ground, I did not stop moving. I barely slept because every moment was that precious. I was up the whole entire time. You, my, my, my pops was saying to me, yo, Kofi, you got to slow down. I'm like, yeah, I know, but not right now. It, it, it was that meaningful, it was that purposeful. So uh, just for instance, in a 24-hour time span, I woke up at 5 a.m. I went to go play tennis with my father at the Accra um, Stadium, right? After playing tennis, we drove down the street, got fresh fruit uh, to eat, pineapples, uh, got the plantain chips off the side of the road, the fresh, the fresh chip. (laughs) Fresh, fresh. I ain't talking about that. The ones that have been stored for for a couple months, man. It's straight, straight off the plant, chop right there. Um, went there, went to go eat breakfast. Um, our architect would come to my house. We would assess the businesses, um, see how they're doing. My cousin would come pick me up. We would go run errands. We would go to um, hang out, went to the beach, um, Labadi Beach. Um, after that, you know, come back, take a quick, quick 30 minute, you know, close the eyes just to charge, charge the light battery up. And I'll wake up and I'm on the move again. But when I woke up, my, my, my cousin took me to Legon campus and Legon campus was having a fashion show. And to see this for a person that's an artist like myself, the aesthetics was everything. It was a beautiful African fashion. Uh, beautiful um, models, a beautiful crowd, and a beautiful setup on Lake on campus. That gave me artistic fuel to to create on a different level. I'm talking in terms of poetry now. But after the fashion show, I went to go sit down on, on a bench and I heard a young gentleman that was a student of Lake on campus strumming a guitar and he was strumming those strings like his life depended on it. I'm like, oh man, it, it really, it really, I really felt the vibration. I felt the energy. And at the, at that time I was creating a poem for, uh, titled a letter for Lauren and at this time, it, it, it's midnight, and I hear him strumming the guitar, and I go up to him, and I say, can you can you vibe with me for a second? We And, and in that moment, we created a three-and-a-half-minute poem, which would turn into a video shot on Cape Coast Castle. Oh, I think Cape Coast, Cape Coast Castle is another... Um, another experience within itself but we shot a video um and put it out onto 
you know, the internet that will live forever. It was so powerful that I think Lauren Hill has felt it from the corners of Cape Coast Castle, even if she hasn't seen it yet. She's felt that energy that we were re we were able to create in that moment. But every every waking moment is an opportunity to create and every moment alive is an opportunity to live forever and that's what we were after and that that experience within itself was was a um it was really profound in the sense of what it meant and I, i'll give you a quick synopsis on cape coast castle as well as elamina castle it's where the slaves um, were transported from from Africa and subsequently sent across you know the world um, and there was a there's there's something called the door of no return right in which when when slaves were sold off um, and sent to you know the Americas um, when they walked through that door and they saw that sign the door of no return what it really meant was this journey that they were about to embark, embark on was going to be extremely arduous um, it was going to be extremely painful and seeing that place of pain was um it was tough for me because dealing with dealing with you know seeing my people or or hearing their stories of you know being sold off into slavery um, took me somewhere emotionally that i did not know i i had the ability to handle and i say that uh, in a sense where, you know, I stood on the same grounds where I walked through the same tunnels where slaves, and, and let me not even call them slaves because they were people before they were slaves. They were our people. They were packed into jail cells, um, bodies on top of bodies, and not being able to, you know, use restrooms. They they had literally a hole in the ground for hundreds of humans, places in which they would die. Um, and the, the shocking part of it all in Cape Coast Castle and Elamina Castle is, and, and you know, other, other, I would call them prisons um, around Africa is that the the, the Western um, men and women that you know would colonize and would take these individuals uh, to the Americas, they were they were holding church services right over where they had slaves packed into you know prisons below them and you ask yourself how could you celebrate 
God humanely when you have people suffering right underneath you. It, it you know the the experience in itself made me really um, respect what our people have been through, are still going through, but had the strength and wherewithal to survive. That's profound. I, I can only imagine what that what that feeling is like. But sounds like you took away from it a lot of energy and positivity. Not only learned from history to ensure that it doesn't occur, but to also add value and to bring together all of those brothers and sisters that have been spread around. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a purpose behind, you know, each page. Now we have, we have to be the authors of our own ending. I will say this, this show has been quite interesting. Um, your, your stories of first being introduced to a culture that was so familiar to you, getting from it a grounding and a solid foundation uh, for who you are, and then dedicating yourself to making where you are and those you're connected with better as you make yourself better and leaving something so that humanity can be better for it. I'm inspired and I'm, I'm very thankful for the time that you've given to us. Yeah, I definitely want to second that. Like I'm, I'm sitting here like with a lot of thoughts running through my head right now and thinking about how I can do more, be more, you know, and, um, thank you for that. Sure. Anytime fellas, I really appreciate y'all um, having me on your show. It's been a light one and I've, I've enjoyed the experience myself. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. This is our show for today. Uh, to close off the show, Ray. Official tissue. Official. <laughs> so much tissue. Kof, you, you remember so official much tissue? tissue. <laughs> Jogging my memory, man. Ah! <laughs> yeah, man. The show is official tissue. So that's how we. Definitely official tissue. So much tissue. So much tissue. That's how we close it out. And, um,. Thank you, Henry. Peace. Bless up. Peace.